church family. Everyone's so excited to be here. It's because we had breakfast. Us Methodists love food, right? Well, I am Beth Cordell, and I am your worship guide for the entire month of March. Hold the applause. Oh, that worked. Okay. All right. It's going to be a good month. First of all, I would like to welcome our visitors that are here today. It is so good to have you guys. Please come again. We love having you here. Um, Just some announcements before we get started with worship. Um, We have a Lenten Bible study. Um, It's called Restored, Finding Redemption in Our Mess, and it is on Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. Uh, Easter candy donations. We're in need of donations of wrapped candy for our Easter egg hunt this year after church on Palm Sunday. Please leave bags of candy in the kitchen, and we thank you very much for that. Uh, Trustees meeting. The next meeting, everybody's still talking. You're all so excited today. I love it. Susan Stauffer, where are you? She's... The pastor and I had a bet if you'd be in your seat on time. Well, you got down here early. I said, okay, we'll see what happens. Uh-huh. All right. Now, where did I leave off? Trustees meeting? I think we're there. The next meeting will be Tuesday, March 5th at 5.30 p.m. Um, Lillian Faith meeting. The next meeting will be Tuesday, March 12th at 10 a.m. Uh, Reflective Wednesdays. The sanctuary will be open to anyone for reflection, prayer, and quiet communion through the Lenten season from 7 to 10 a.m. and 4 to 7 p.m. If you'd like to be a greeter, please check the emails and sign up for a shift. Uh, We would like to recognize our church custodian, Magnus Jusu, for his dedication and years of service to our church. Um, We are welcoming Mark Newman as our new custodian. Uh, Free Friday is March 15th. Volunteers need to arrive by 4.30. Um, We thank you all who help with this ministry to our community. Oh, geez. Game night. UMC game night. Plans being made for a fun time, Saturday, March 16th, from 4 to 6 p.m. Did you write that down? Saturday, March 16th, 4 to 6. Uh, We're having a tutoring program. We're starting an after-school tutoring program from K to 12 on Wednesdays from 3.30 to 5 in the Fellowship Hall. Um, There will be more details to come, so please stay tuned. Uh, The food pantry, volunteers are needed to help with the food pantry, March 21st and 28th. Please contact Susie Butch or Andrew Nimley for more information. Scholarship applications, anyone interested in applying for a college scholarship, please contact the church office for an application. Uh, They are due April 15th. Brandon Cordell, they are due April 15th. (laughs) Procrastinator, he's a procrastinator. Day after his dad's birthday, yes. And Kelly's birthday, yes. Uh, Next finance meeting is on March 25th at 5 p.m. Let's see here. Lots of announcements today. We're an active church. That's a good thing. Uh, The upper rooms for March and April can be picked up on the welcome table in the back of the sanctuary. Um, Big thank you from Ricky Meredith. She said thank you so much for all of Jim Meredith's birthday cards. He sounds like he had a great birthday and had a good dinner with some family. So great, 
Great job. What did you say? Oh, he's 19, yes. He's a leap day baby. Okay, last but not least, in your bulletins, we have little invitation cards. This is to invite people to come to our Easter service. So please take this card and give it to someone to join us on that day. All right, now let's join together in the breakthrough prayer. Amazing God, we pray that through the Holy Spirit, your preferred future for Groveport United Methodist Church will be made clear to us. Give us the courage we need to follow you wherever you may take us. We ask that you bind us together in love so that we can bring the good news of Jesus Christ to our friends, families, and community. Open our eyes so that we may see the amazing things you are already doing among us. Amen. Now let's quiet our hearts as we prepare for worship. noticed by now that Nancy is not here. Um, if you've got the, gotten the emails, she is in Kentucky visiting her dad who developed COVID. They all have COVID. Her dad fell again, and so he's in the hospital, but they are all there with him, brothers, sisters, uh, all there with him. So we're on our own this morning. I'm glad to see a big crowd. So we are going to stand, and we are going to sing all of our hymns this morning with no accompaniment. I almost brought my little house on the prairie bonnet, but I thought it might scare people. <clears throat> so we're going to start with lift up your heads, ye mighty gates. Choir members, I want you to use your hymnals so we can hear a little four-part harmony. <laughs> Everybody pulling them out? I see you pulling those hymnals out. Lift up
Let us read responsively the call to worship. Come now to worship with thankful hearts. God is merciful and always comes to us with compassionate justice. Come now to the table of our Lord with grateful hearts. Loving and always comes to us with forgiveness and mercy. Come to this place and know that we may lay down our troubles and our burdens. God is forgiving and always cares for us. May we learn to offer all to the living God. You may be seated. All right, now this one is not in your hymnal, so you're going to have to wing it. We're going to sing it through twice, and if I don't think it's good enough, we're going to sing it a third time. It's short. reading is from Isaiah 53 verses 7 and 8. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgression of my people he was punished. But now is the time in which we can share our joys and concerns with one another and bring them before the Lord. If you have a prayer concern that you would like to share, I would invite you to fill out your blue prayer request card, which is located there in your bulletin, and you can just place that uh, in the offering plate when it comes by here uh, in a few minutes. Uh, if you are watching at home or any time during the week, you can email us at prayer at groveportumc.org, and that will uh, get to us. Also, you can uh, call the church office and uh, uh, share your prayer concern there as well as mailing it uh, to the church. I invite you now to be in a time and an attitude of prayer. 
Please join me in singing Sanctuary. Lord, as we come before you this morning. We are humbled by your love for us. A love that we cannot understand. A, a love that is pure. A love that is sacrificing. A love that is redeeming. We thank you for your love. As we now share with you some of the events and, and circumstances that weigh heavy upon our hearts. Lord, this morning we pray for for Patty and all of those who are missing. Carla, her cousin, who died yesterday. We know that Patty has had a number of, of losses uh, here very recently. In fact, this is the, the third death of, of someone close to her and in just a few months, Lord. So we ask for your healing, kind hand to be upon her, upon all those who are affected by Carla's death. And we pray this, Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for our dear church member, uh, Jean Boso, who fell and, and fractured uh, both her tibia and fibia. And they, they were surgically repaired, and, and now she, she is in uh, rehab and, and, and learning to uh, uh, 
to do what she needs to heal. We, we pray for Jean and, and for those who are caring for her. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we pray for Janice, who, who recently fell while in Florida and is currently healing there and, and hopes to get home soon. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we continue to pray for the Bates family and, and for the uh, challenges in their life. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we, we pray for, for Nancy, currently recovering from COVID along with her sister and, and, and father. And, and we also pray for, for uh, Nancy's 95-year-old father, who uh, besides having COVID, uh, is in the hospital uh, this morning after falling and, and suffering from uh, heart issues. We, we just ask for your healing hand to be on all of them. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we pray for Lori, who is in hospice care. Lord, in your mercy. We also pray for Betty, who is in hospice care, as well as for Ron and, and Julie, who are providing her care in their home. And uh, we, we just pray that her, her passing will be uh, one of peace. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we, we pray for Bentley, who is going to be having a heart surgery uh, here within a few weeks. We, we pray that his surgery will go well and healing fast. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we, we pray for all of those who are recovering from recent surgery or, or illness. We uh, pray for Isaac for Donna, for Ron and Julie, for Jeff, Lord, in your mercy, and Lord, we pray for all of those who are currently fighting cancer, Tom and Joyce. Jack and Bobby, Susan and Doris and Lori. Lord, we just ask for your healing hand to be upon each of them. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we, we pray for all of those who are currently dealing with issues in their lives, be it financial or housing, food security or family relations. Lord, we just pray that, that those who are in need will find what it is that they are needing. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for each other. And most importantly, we thank you for Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, and the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Okay, and now is the time where we can give back. Um, there are a few ways that we can give, and I'm going to read this directly from the screen, because let me tell you. <laughs> been a while. Last year this time, see now I work at a bank, just short story, I work at a bank, right? So about 20 years ago, I worked at a little bank down the street here, and I gave the totally wrong address, and I had you all sending your offering straight to the bank. <laughs> Almost got fired that day, but I'm here, so... Okay, so there's a few ways you can do this. So you can give uh, through the Ezekiel app. <laughs> you can go to the church website, groveportumc.org, or you can send a check to the church at 512 Main Street, Groveport, Ohio, 43125. Now, if the ushers could please come forward.
Vexology. you must feel at our reluctance to freely give generous God. Enable us to see the needs in our neighborhoods and in our world. Stir in us such a yearning to help that our desire to give overtakes our retinence and our impatience turns inward and we count not the cost. So let us live. Amen. for our children's time. All right. All right, I'm gonna sit next to you. How's that? <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Did you cry? Oh, I'm glad I got my seat early. <laughs> oh, well, maybe I'll... Uh... Oh, this is wonderful. Yeah. Oh. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and All right, the rest of you can, can, can just go on and do whatever it is. I, I, I found my thing here. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. You want to sit up here with me? Oh, can you not find a seat? All right. Oh, did you want to sit? Oh, okay, well, sit right here. Okay, there, there we go. All right. So, I want you guys to tell me what it is that I am doing. Yes, the same thing Ryan does to you. Who am I? Who, who am I copying? You! 
I'm copying Ryan. Absolutely. I was doing everything you were doing, right? Was it fun? No, it wasn't. It wasn't fun, was it? No? <laughs> I, was, I was popping, and then she popped the balloon at that Sunday school. So popping the balloons was very important to you, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. All right. So sometimes we like to copy other people, don't we? We like to do things other people are doing. Do any of you ever do what other people are doing at school? Yeah? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes we, we do because we want to fit in or we copy people because we uh, want them to like us. But is copying people always a good idea? All right, Bentley, why is it not always a good idea to copy other people? Look up there. You can do what? You can get in trouble. Absolutely. See, we call that peer pressure. And I want to say only kids do that, but adults do it too. We just don't admit it. That we like to do things that other people are doing because we want to fit in. And sometimes that can get us in trouble. So who should we follow instead of the other people? God. And how can we follow God? What's a great way of, of following the, what the example God wants us to follow? Jesus! All right, fist bump. Good job. Following Jesus. So remember, instead of copying other people and doing what they do, we need to copy Jesus and do what Jesus wants us to do, right? All right. You, let's pray. Dear God, we just ask that you bless each and every one of these young lives and that you help them to... Uh, follow you and, and, and not just follow the crowd. Because, Lord, when we follow Jesus, only good things can happen. Thank you for these wonderful young lives, we pray. Amen. All right, you guys can go to junior church if you want. What? All right. And now I get to figure out how to get up. All right. Ugh. Well, how amazing is that? 23 kids. Amen. Okay, our second scripture reading comes from Mark chapter 14, verses 53 through 65. They took Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests, the elders, and the teachers of the law came together. Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. There he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made, made with human hands, and in three days we'll be built another not made with hands. 
Yet even then, their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses, he asked. You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. Then some, people, some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fists, and said, Prophesy. And the guards took him and beat him. Isn't it amazing how when somebody isn't here, how you really miss them? Don't you miss Nancy? Yeah, yeah let's let show some appreciation. I'm sure she's watching online. Let's show some appreciation for Nancy. Um, and of course, Gary's not here either. Uh, so let's show some appreciation to Gary. Because they provide all kinds of, of great music uh, to lead us in a song, uh, to fill in those gaps when I get super boring. Um, <laughs> And uh, when they're not here, you, you just really, really notice it. So uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's e easy to take certain people for granted. Uh, and that also includes Terry. Let's show some appreciation to Terry, who has really stepped in today. And, uh, and this is really great, because uh, uh, earlier in the week, when I uh, found out Nancy had COVID and wasn't going to be here, uh, the general go-to thing was I was going to hum where you sing, and this is a much better alternative to that. So uh, a big, a big appreciation to everyone who, who worked so hard to make uh, worship here at Groveport United Methodist happen. Let's pray. Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, we ask that as your scriptures are read and proclaimed this day, that our hearts, our minds, and our very lives may be transformed by your holy word. Thank you for your gift of scripture, we pray. Amen. If you remember, during this holy season of Lent, we have been looking at the final 24 hours of Jesus' life. Last week, we left off with Jesus being arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. And if you remember, the, the Garden of Gethsemane was, was located on the Mount of Olives, just outside of the city walls of Jerusalem. Jesus was there with his disciples, praying after their final meal together. And Jesus knew that, that he would soon be betrayed by one of his friends. He, he knew that soon his disciples would desert and deny him. And Jesus knew that the next day he would be crucified for the sins of the world. And it was during this time of pain and disappointment that Jesus wanted to spend a little time alone with his heavenly father. It was in the middle of the night, maybe one, two o'clock in the morning. In the quiet of the 
The night was broken by the sound of a mob coming toward Jesus. This group was made up of those sent by the religious authorities to arrest Jesus. See, by arresting Jesus at night, the authorities hoped to avoid a potential riot or, or any sort of violence that might arise among the followers of Jesus. Jesus knew that his arrest was coming. He you know, even knew that his friend Judas would be the one to betray him. But have you ever thought about what Jesus must have felt when he saw Judas coming toward him? One who had been with him through the, the many miles of, of, of ministry. One who had seen the miracles, who had heard the preaching, who had, had witnessed things that no one else had ever seen. Here was Judas, the one who was the treasurer of the group. And he was coming towards Jesus, followed by a mob of, of angry people. I think we all know what it's like to be betrayed by somebody we trust, somebody we love, someone who's a part of our life. So I think we can understand some of the disappointment and hurt that Jesus must have felt. English poet William Blake once wrote, it is easier to forgive an enemy than to forgive a friend. That's so true, isn't it? Yet as Judas approached Jesus, to give him the kiss that would seal his fate. Jesus looked at his friend, not with contempt, not with hatred, not with scorn, but with love and compassion, and most importantly, with forgiveness. Jesus' compassion and forgiveness extended beyond Judas, though to one of the temple guards that had been sent to arrest him. In the Gospel of John, we are given this guy's name, Malchus. And apparently, as Jesus was being arrested, Simon Peter, who is one of my favorite characters in all the Bible, but he can be a little bit, um, let's say, spontaneous. And in one of his spontaneous moments, he pulled out his sword and he swung it at those grabbing for Jesus. And Malchus had his ear cut off. And Jesus had the compassion and the love to heal Malchus' ear and to tell Peter and the other disciples to put their swords away. That as followers of his this is not how we settle problems with violence and hatred. Think about this for a second. The last recorded miracle of Jesus was him healing one of those sent to take him to his death. When I think about this scene of Jesus healing Malchus, 
I'm reminded of that great Charles Wesley hymn, Depth of Mercy, which goes, There for me the Savior stands, shows his wounds and spreads his hands. God is love. I know, I feel, Jesus weeps and loves me still. After Jesus was arrested, he was taken to the home of the chief priest, Caiaphas. Now, Caiaphas had a relatively long term as chief priest, and, and this means that he got along well with the Romans. Because if you remember, the Romans were in charge of Israel at this time. And so in order to be the chief priest, you had to have the Romans. Well, the Romans had to okay you. It also didn't hurt that Caiaphas was married to the daughter of the former high priest, a guy by the name of Ananias. Because even during the time of Jesus, marrying into the right family and Knowing people that are connected, uh, you know, helped. I'm just so glad that it isn't that way in our country, right? <laughs> yeah. Caiaphas had become quite a wealthy man, quite a powerful man. And it was the fear of him losing his earthly wealth and power that led to what was about to happen to Jesus. See, as Jesus was being led to Caiaphas' house near the temple, some of the most powerful and well-respected men in Jerusalem had already gathered there. They were known as the Sanhedrin. They were a council comprised of 71 elders, and they were considered to be the wisest and most pious men in Israel. The Sanhedrin oversaw the religious affairs of the Jewish people, and they ran both the temple in Jerusalem and the religious courts. Because yes, at the time, you could be arrested, put in jail, and even executed for a religious crime. Think about that for a second. Somebody forgets to put a little something in the offering plate, and next thing you know, you wind up in jail. Now that right there is a stewardship campaign. I'm just saying. <clears throat> so that night, as the Sanhedrin gathered in the chief priest's home, there was a lot of tension. Now remember, this is something totally unique, because the Sanhedrin usually met during the day in the temple. Here they are meeting at night in the house of Caiaphas during a major religious holiday. It would have been like uh, 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 having a big meeting during Christmas. It just didn't happen. But for whatever reason, Caiaphas thought it was important enough to deal with this Jesus problem that the Sanhedrin needed to get together during the Passover. Jesus was brought by the temple guards to Caiaphas' house. And when they got there, uh, Jesus would have been placed in a holding cell. 
Now, when we think of holding cells and jail cells today, we think of, you know, the jail cells go down here to the Groveport Police. I assume they have a jail cell. I don't know. I've never been there. Uh, but, but I assume they do. Good to know. Uh, yeah, I know. Good to know, right? Um, but that isn't the way it worked. Because um, the, the way the Romans did it, and, and, and uh, the Jews and, and, and a lot of other people during the time, uh, even up through the medieval period, is a holding cell was a pit in the ground. And on that slide there, that, that top is a, uh, uh, a picture of one of these holding cells that has been found in uh, uh, what is considered to be the remains of Caiaphas' house. And what they would do is they would tie a rope around you and lower you down into that pit. And you would stand down in there. Uh, it usually wouldn't be big enough for you to sit down. You could maybe lean against a wall. And it was dark. And that's where you stayed while uh, whatever group was determining your fate determined your fate. And so that is where Jesus more than likely uh, was, as he was listening to the Sanhedrin debate his faith. Now, if you wanted to see that cell, you can today at what is known as the Church of St. Peter in Gallicantu. Uh, Gallicantu uh, is Latin for rooster, because that is also the same spot that we believe that Peter denied Jesus three times. Right? So, uh, uh, Peter followed Jesus to uh, Caiaphas' house, if you remember what the Bible tells us, uh, along with some of the other disciples. They, they followed uh, the guards and Jesus, and Peter uh, walked into the courtyard and was hanging out there with the servants of Caiaphas, trying to listen to what was going on inside with the Sanhedrin. And as Jesus had told him, we talked about this last week, that uh, before the rooster crowed in the morning, uh, he was going to have denied Jesus three times. Peter says, no way. Well, guess what happened standing in that courtyard? He denied Jesus three times. <clears throat> Unfortunately, that wasn't the worst thing to happen to Jesus that night. See, Caiaphas and the other members of the Sanhedrin had a problem. While the Romans ran the political affairs of Israel, the Sanhedrin was tasked with maintaining the religious and the, the, the cultural life of Israel. And above all else, the Romans wanted one thing from the Sanhedrin. They had one job, one job really only, and that was this. They needed to keep the peace. Romans didn't really care so much how they did it, but they needed to keep the peace, especially during these religious festivals like Passover. Because Passover was a time in which the Jewish people were known to start to riot against their occupying Roman oppressors. Why? Well, what's Passover about? Passover is a celebration of God saving the Jewish people from oppression in Egypt and setting them free. Well, if you're the Romans, that is not what you want people that you are, have just conquered to celebrate, right? 
and it, it gave people ideas. And so the Sanhedrin knew this, and what they wanted above all else was for Jesus to just go away because they were afraid that the followers of Jesus would uh, get, get a little too excited, and next thing you know, they've got a riot, and the next thing you know is the Romans are upset, and all of these guys in power could find themselves replaced by somebody who could get the job done for the Romans. So the Sanhedrin went out and found some witnesses to give false testimony about Jesus. The Bible tells us that their stories didn't even match each other, but it didn't matter because the verdict was already decided. Caiaphas had Jesus hauled up out of his cell. And he looked at Jesus and he said, have you no answers for all the accusations they bring against you? Jesus remained silent. They said, you're trying to ferment a revolt. Is that true? Jesus didn't say anything. I think right here, Mark is wanting us to recall this passage from Isaiah, Isaiah 53, 7. It says, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before the shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Caiaphas had had enough, and he finally asked Jesus, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the blessed God? And Jesus finally responded in a clear declaration of who he is. He answered, I am. And then he finished with, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right side of the Almighty and coming with the clouds from heaven. Well, this answer apparently just about set Caiaphas right over the edge. As well as others on the Sanhedrin. And see, it wasn't so much that Jesus claimed to be the Messiah. After all, he wasn't the first and he wouldn't be the last to claim to be the Messiah. Truth be known, he probably wasn't even the first person that year to claim to be the Messiah. What caused all the commotion was the statement, I am. See, we need to go back to the book of Exodus. And after the Israelites flee Egypt, Moses goes up on Mount Sinai and meets with God, and God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. I am was the name of God. So what Jesus was saying to the Sanhedrin was, I'm God. Deal with it. This didn't go over well. Mark tells us that the high priest tore his robes and said, we don't need any more witnesses. You heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all voted against him. They all said that he was guilty and should be put to death. The thing is, claiming to be God wasn't blasphemy. Blasphemy was saying something bad about God. Claiming to be the creator of the universe was just something mentally ill people tended to say. All right? It's not blasphemy. It's only blasphemy if somebody might believe it. 
Most people would have just laughed at Jesus for making such a statement. But Caiaphas and the other members of the Sanhedrin saw an opportunity to get rid of Jesus, and they took it. And then this group of men who were considered to be the most pious, well-educated, most religious men in all of Israel, they began to hit and spit on Jesus. They blindfolded him. They struck him with their fists and they said, Hey, Jesus, who hit you? Prophesy. And the guards took turns hitting him and beating him. Who does that? What kind of religious people, even to somebody who had committed a crime, hits people, blindfolds and ties them up and then hits them and spits on them? So what's going on? Well, I think it can all be summed up with one word, and that is fear. Fear can cause us to do things that we would not ordinarily do. Fear can cause us to follow people that we would not ordinarily follow. Fear can cause us to believe things about others that we would not ordinarily believe. Fear is a powerful, powerful force. Now, fear, used correctly, is a great thing. It keeps us safe. But used incorrectly, it can cause us to act in ways contrary to our core beliefs. It can cause us to follow people we should not follow. It can cause us to do things that we will be sorry for in the future. So, my friends, as we think of Jesus in front of the Sanhedrin, let us remember that the whole event was powered by fear. Fear of the Romans, fear of losing power, fear of, uh, of, of the unknown, fear of the future. Fear can be our greatest enemy. So let us remember that as we move forward. Because we are called not to be fearful people but to be faithful people. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for all that you do for us. And that includes taking away our fear. As we saw in the Sanhedrin, it was fear that led them to make decisions that many of them probably later regretted. Give us clarity to think through our decisions in the light of faith, not fear. Thank you for all that you do. Be with us now as we partake in this holy meal. Amen. Well, this morning we will be uh, taking Holy Communion. We, of course, practice open communion, which means that anyone who feels led is uh, invited to uh, participate. We will be taking communion in our seats this morning, which means that soon the ushers will uh, be passing to you a plate of bread 
You're invited to take a piece and to hold that piece until everyone has been served, and then we'll take that element together. And then we will do the same thing with the cup. I invite you now to join with me in the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. It is right and a good and a joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. In love, you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and became subject to evil and death, your love remained steadfast. You bid your faithful people to cleanse their hearts. And to prepare with joy for the Easter feast. That renewed by your word and sacraments and fervent in prayers and works of justice and mercy, we may come to the fullness of grace that you have prepared for those who love you. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread. He broke that bread, he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. He then took the cup. He gave it to his disciples, and he said, take, drink, this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Take it as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of the age of mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, O honor and glory is yours, O mighty Father, now and forever. Amen. This is the body of Christ broken for you. And this is the blood of Christ shed for you. All is now ready. 
I'd like to ask those who will be helping to serve communion to come forward and for us to be in a time of quiet meditation as we take the Lord's Supper. My friends, this is the body of Christ broken for you. Take and eat.
My friends, this is the blood of Christ shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of your sins. Drink it in remembrance of him and be thankful. I need a little help. <clears throat> I need some people to help me with this. Who loves this song? Come up here then and help if you love it. <laughs> Katie, will you come up and help? Kelly, will you come up and help? Ryan, you want to come up and help? You know this song. Come on, Mom. Come here. <clears throat> All right? But you got to stay out of the way of the acolytes or your hair might catch fire. All right? All right, shine, Jesus, shine. Let's stand up and sing. You know this. Get over where they can see you. Don't count on me. Ready? Lord, the light of your love is shining in the midst of the darkness, shining. Jesus, light of the world, shine upon us. Set us free by the truth you now bring us.
Let not your hearts be filled with fear, but instead filled with the love of Christ. For it is in him we have nothing to fear. Amen. Amen. Go now.